we're going to turn our attention to the to the book of John, the Word of God, for a verse here we're going to read. Amen. And uh, maybe you've heard of it. I, I think a lot of people maybe have. It's John 3.16. It says, if you know it, you can say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. Who doesn't want everlasting life? Wait, we all want that, right? Amen. So I want to preach to you today for a few moments on this title, What It Means to Believe. What it means to believe, right? And you may be seated today. Amen. To have faith, the Bible gives us a definition of faith, meaning to believe. It's your, you, you have the belief and the hope for something and the evidence. You don't have any evidence of it. But you're believing in something, and you're not really sure yet, but maybe you've got an inclination or a feeling of, about something, and you're just believing, you hope in that. And uh, I know there's a lot of faith here today. I know there's a lot of faith here today because um, maybe you came because you heard there's going to be some food afterwards, and you haven't seen it yet. So is there going to be faith? I, well, I guess we'll find out in a few moments if there's actually going to be food, right? But you believe that there is, and so the, you're, you're here today because of that. That's why I'm here, right? I'm here because a Mission Barbecue is going to be here. At least somebody told me that, right? Find out in a little bit if they were lying to me or not. But anyways, whether you realize it or not, your faith brought you here today. Amen. And so that is important because the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. God, God likes to use our faith. God likes to use your, your hope in, in an impossible situation. And he says, hey, let me step in and let me show you uh, that I am real and that I want to do something for you. And, and so it takes faith to believe it. And so we all have exercised our faith by coming here today, and so that means we are in an atmosphere where God can do anything. Do you believe that God can do anything here today? Amen. If we just turn our focus on God for a moment, that faith that brought us here for food or fellowship, if you use some of that faith for God, God can touch you today. God can do something in your life. He can turn your situation around. He can actually heal you today. I believe God still heals people. Uh, and he can heal somebody today. All he needs is somebody to say, I believe and I, I have some of that faith. But the truth is, is that there are people out there that, that make a living deceiving other people. Maybe you've encountered some of them or maybe you've been defrauded or double-crossed by somebody. Uh, I get phone calls, it seems like almost every day. I'm, I guess I'm popular, but... Uh, they get phone calls and they, they just want, they have a special offer for me. Uh, I actually answered it the other day uh, because it was actually, it was a local number uh, and those can be dangerous too. Uh, they've, they've, they've figured the system out, haven't they? Uh, and so I answered it and he talked about, uh, uh, you know, he's got a, a senior package available for me. And I said, hold up, buddy, I'm not a senior. <laughs> and he says, my, my, you know, it says right here, you're over 50. I said, nope, you got the wrong, you got the bad information, man. Somebody scammed you. You're trying to scam me. Somebody scammed you, gave me, gave me a wrong information. 
because I'm not there yet and uh, certainly won't be answering the phone then. Uh, so I don't know about you, but it, uh, uh, anybody else kind of get some of those crazy numbers? Uh, sadly, we got these great, great phones and stuff, but nobody answers the phone anymore, right? Because unless they're, uh, if they, unless they're not saved in your phone as a contact, uh, I usually don't answer it because sadly, sadly, most of the calls seem to be people that are scamming and defrauding others. But uh, sadly, that is the world that we live in nowadays where you got to lock your doors, you got you to be extra watchful for everything, and, and what a shame it is to live in a society like that, but that's just the way it is because there are people out there that are not trustworthy and that are out to get, get something out of you. But I want to tell you today that there is somebody that you don't have to worry about. Somebody you don't have to worry about being scammed by. Somebody that's going to tell you the truth and who you can lean upon and trust. And his name is Jesus. Amen. He is not going to scam you out of anything. He wants the best for you. He's somebody that you can trust. And he's not going to defraud you or stab you in the back or mislead you. People might do that. People will do that, but God is not going to do that. Because the, the one time that God does that, guess what? Nobody's ever going to go back to God, right? We, we don't like being duped or scammed, and, and, and we mark those people that have done that or blocked their numbers or whatever those things. But if God really wants us to give, uh, to give us everlasting life and to take everybody to heaven, why would he scam somebody? That immediately closes the door, and they'll never want that. But the Bible says that God wants everybody to be saved. He wants everyone to go to heaven with him, and so he's not going to do that. He loves us more than we can realize and understand. And so, uh, But most people get caught up trying to better their life on their own, and, and we do that uh, obviously the best that we can. But the, the sooner that we realize that, hey, there's some help, free help above uh, why don't we turn to him for some help, amen? And Jesus in your life is going to make you have a blessed life more than, than without him. Uh, it's not, when you get Jesus, it's not going to guarantee you're going to become a millionaire, right? A blessed life doesn't mean you're a millionaire and you have a nice house and all those things. A blessed life means you got the hand of God upon you, his protection, his power, his angels watching over you. Uh, amen. So uh, living a blessed life means you have Jesus in your life, and he can make doors open that we cannot open. We've tried to do things for so often on our own ability and things, but uh, many times once we finally say, Jesus, I surrender, let me, give you, let me give Jesus a chance, and then all of a sudden we can see things happening. I don't know about you, but I've experienced that in my life where I finally surrendered to Jesus and my life began to be turned around. And so uh, Jesus uh, wants you to have a blessed life and he wants to turn your life around, but we have to surrender our life to him. It's amazing just we have an all-powerful God who, can, who spoke these worlds into existence, but yet he's not going in, to invade our life if we don't want him. But if we do want him, we get all the power and all that uh, uh, beside us and behind us and fighting for us. Amen. And so uh, we, we want to do what he wants us to do to live that blessed life. Amen. And so uh, John 8, 32 says, Ye shall know the truth. 
and the truth shall make you free. The only thing that has the power to make you free is truth. Uh, How many are thankful for truth? How many are thankful that people tell them the truth? Everybody wants to be told the truth, right? We don't want to be deceived. We don't want to be told a lie. We want to know the truth. However good or bad or ugly it is, just tell me the truth. We, we're, we're big enough. We can handle the truth. We don't need to be, we don't need to be deceived or misled. Uh, we want to be told the truth. And so, uh, and that is, that comes with a, a package where I don't, uh, I don't want uh, a little bit of truth. I want all the truth. Right, I don't want watered down truth where somebody took a little bit of truth and, and spread it out and make it seem something that it's not. Uh, my, my children understand when I water something down. You get out some, some Kool-Aid or some lemonade and because they want that and you, you pour a little bit in there and then you fill the rest with water. And then they're looking at you because they know this, this is not right, right? This is not fair. That's not. I didn't ask for a, a glass of 90% water and a shot of lemonade. I wanted a whole glass of lemonade. So even children understand when something is watered down, and they want, they want the full sugar effect of 100% lemonade, and they don't want a little bit of it. And so that's the, the same thing when it comes to God and the Bible. I want, I want the whole truth and nothing but the truth. I want it all, and I want to receive it all uh, because that is where uh, the, the truth really is. And so... Uh, I want to go and I want to attend a church that preaches the whole truth and nothing but the truth, right? Amen. And so uh, the church of the living God is where you're going to find the truth that is preached. That is where you'll, you'll encounter the full effect of the word of God and God's spirit. Amen. And so uh, not, not every church is the same. Every church, is, sadly, is different. There's so many different variations out there. Uh, and, and some of them takes a little bit of truth and they water it down. But uh, I want the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And that is what we preach here. Uh, the whole Bible, whatever it says. We got to conform ourselves to the Bible because that's God's word, right? Amen. And so we, we understand the, the scriptures, and especially we read John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Another great verse is Romans 10 and 9. It says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And so these two Verses talk about our faith and believing in Him, and and we understand that we have to believe if we want to be saved. And so, understanding that, but what does it really mean to believe? If you were driving on Interstate 75 going 70 miles an hour, and you all of a sudden believed that there was something wrong with your car, what would you do? You would probably would pull over to the side because your faith uh, is saying, hey, you need to pull over. How many people would just say, just keep on driving and say, I believe there's something wrong with my car. I believe it. I believe it. There's something wrong and I'm just going to keep on going. 
Uh, or uh, this really hits home is if you believe that a Category 5 hurricane was coming here, would, there, would you do anything different in your life? We all got a taste of this, uh, you know, a year ago, and uh, for the most part, uh, maybe I was with some other people. Hopefully, I was not alone, but I did not believe it was coming here, right? I thought it was coming to Tampa, right? And so, I didn't even board up my windows. I didn't even, because I didn't believe. I tell you right. You walk, you drive around the day before it's supposed to come, and you see people board up the windows. You don't have to go and ask them, hey, do you believe a hurricane's coming? So what does it mean to believe is you're going to see somebody's faith in action, right? People just sit in some crazy people who don't board up the windows sitting inside their house and saying, I believe it's coming. Well, you're a little crazy. Uh, and so when it came, when it was blown by my house and I, can, I was getting a full view of it because I didn't have any boards on my window. And I'm thinking, wow, this is great. I believed it was coming. Actually, I did not believe because, and because I didn't believe, I got a, a full view of everything happening. And I, let me tell you about the regret, if maybe you've experienced it too. But in that moment, when it's howling by, and uh, I've got, you know, 45-year-old windows that aren't even airtight, and I'm just looking out, I'm thinking, man, I really wish I would have believed a little bit harder. <laughs> right? Uh, and so... Uh, John 3, 16, Romans 10 and 9 tells us that we need to believe. But you and I know through everyday life that if you really believe in something, uh, it's going to have an impact on your life, right? It's going to change something. If you believe that Ian was coming, you boarded up, or maybe you got out of town, uh, we don't have to go around asking and debating, do you believe it or not? We can see people's faith uh, by their actions or inactions. Because James tells us, it says, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. And show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you my faith by my works. As I had mentioned earlier, you all have we all have faith here that there's going to be food afterwards. You don't, I don't need to come and ask you, do you believe there's going to be food here? Because you're here, right? We believe that. And so uh, these, the, the Bible verses we read talking about believing in him and we shall be saved, uh, that our belief in God should have an impact on our life. If we're just going through life and saying, I believe in Jesus and and keep on living the way that we're living, doing the things that we're doing, that our faith really hasn't caused us to believe. We're just maybe believing in some kind of magic out there that uh, my life does not have to change uh, because now I'm believing in him. But to the contrary, uh, real faith and real belief, you're going to do something different in your life. It's going to cause an interruption. It's going to cause a change where you actually see some change happening in your life. And that's, that's what it means to believe. Uh, and so uh, what does it really mean to believe then when John 3.16 says, I just need to believe? Surely it's got to be a little bit more than that because I believe in a hurricane coming and my life has changed. I would think the journey to heaven is going to be, have a change and have an impact on my life as well, right? 
if a, a, a two-day hurricane can change my life around, what about an eternity in heaven? That should have a real, real change on my life, amen, as long as I believe. And so if we back up before John 3.16, we just go back about 10 verses, and we read John 3 and 5, uh, 11, uh, 11 verses earlier, it says, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. So now, Jesus, the one that we are to believe in, to be saved, Jesus is saying, if you are not born again, born of the water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So now we have a problem. We have a, a, a crossroads here because John three sixteen says, "I need to believe." But then a few verses earlier, Jesus says, "Hey, if you want to get to heaven, you need to be born of the water and of the Spirit." And so our belief in John three sixteen should also cause us to believe John three and five, right? Because who are we to say, "Well, I'm only believing one verse and not the rest"? Uh, and so if uh, that that again would be watering down the truth, watering down the Bible. If I'm just going to believe one verse and not the rest, uh, we're we're like the our, my my little girls who uh, watch me water down their lemonade. Uh, we're, we're not getting the full effect of it. I don't know about you, but I want everything that Jesus has for me, right? I just don't want a little bit of it. I want all that God has for me. And so if my faith in Jesus means that I need to believe what he says, right? And if Jesus says I need to be born again, then, then uh, who am I to argue? Who am I to argue with the one who's going to decide if I go into heaven or not, right? It's not my rules, it's not my Bible. It's not all these things. We can uh, fight, fuss, and scream like my two-year-old about if they're not getting their way. But uh, ultimately, it's going to be Jesus' way, right? It's his will. It's his heaven. It's not our. We didn't, we didn't build heaven. Jesus made heaven. And so if we want to go live with him, we got we to abide by what he says. And just believing in him also means that we got to believe in what he says, and if he says, do the hula hoop dance five times to get into heaven, we'd all have hula hoops here. We'd be even more crazier, right? But Jesus didn't say that. But he did say, you need to be born of the water and of the spirit. You need to be baptized and filled with his spirit. Amen. And so if Jesus said that, and if I truly believe it, then I'm going to make sure that I do that in my life. And if you haven't done that in your life, if you have not been born of the water, if you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, you can do that today. We've got, we've got 90 degree water here. Uh, we've got robes. You can leave the same way you came today. Your just hair will be a little bit wet, but you'll get a touch from God. You'll experience a little bit more. Your faith in Jesus will grow. Your walk in Him will grow today. Amen. And so, again, we've all, we all have faith, and this journey to heaven is about uh, continuing forward in our faith. We're all at different areas in our walk with God. Maybe some don't even really know about Jesus, but hey, uh, we were all there at some point, and so we're all trying to grow little bit by little every single day, uh, and so we need to understand what it is that Jesus wants for us, and thankfully, he told us in his Bible, in the Word of God, what he wants, right? And so then it's up to us 
Do we believe that or not? Are we going to do what it says or not? 2 Thessalonians says, And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that do not know God, and those that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So again, what does it mean to believe? It means you're going to obey. You're going to do something in your life, align yourself with the word of God, uh, because Jesus, the Bible says, he's coming back and taking vengeance on those who do not know God and those who have not obeyed the gospel. 1 Peter 4 says, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God, and if it first begin at us, what shall the end of them be that obey not the gospel of God? So again, another, another verse talking about uh, obeying means we got to do something about it. Uh, and so it urges us not just to know, not just to believe, but that our faith would cause us to do something about it, cause us to be obedient to whatever Jesus says. And so what is the gospel? Maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't. The gospel is, gospel means good news, a Greek word that means good news. And so what is the gospel? If we have to obey the gospel, what is the gospel? The Bible tells us what that is in 1 Corinthians. says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preach unto you, that you have received wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if ye keep in, remember, in memory what I preached unto you, unless you believed it in vain. If you believe it in vain, you're not going to do uh, what it says, right? For I, believe, I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the good news. The good news is that Jesus did not stay in the grave, right? There wouldn't be any good news, but he rose again on the third day. That's how I know God is real. That's how we know that Christianity is real, because Jesus rose from the grave. All these other religions, uh, their, their prophets, their holy people, they died and they're still dead. Jesus died and he rose from the dead. He has power over death. That's the God that I want to serve. That's the church that I want to go to because we all know that death is coming one day. And if I can align myself with the one who defeated death, then one day we will experience what it means to be raised from the dead and to live uh, eternally without dying. And so how is it then if we have to, we have to obey the gospel? We got to do that. How is it that we die uh, if we naturally die, then, then that's it for us. So it can't be a, a literal death like Jesus died. But the Bible says that if we are dead to sin, uh, then we, we've died out. And so we gotta, we got to die out to the, the bad things, the bad choices, the, the things that God does not like. We stop doing those things because naturally we may, we may want to do them. Or maybe we're, 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 we're kind of, we need help. Maybe we're addicted to something and we need help. And sometimes when you're addicted with something, you're, uh, you know, you need an extra help, uh, helping hand to get you out. And I'm thankful that Jesus can help people be delivered from whatever addiction uh, that you face. 
Amen. We are all addicted to something at some point in our life, but Jesus helped us give us the power to stop and to overcome those addictions because if Jesus has power over death, he has power over any kind of addiction, any kind of alcohol or cigarettes or, or bad things or bad choices or, or whatever it is. If you want, really want to stop that, Jesus can help you do that, and he is here today. And so we have to die out. We have to repent. The Bible calls that repentance. When we say, I'm stopping that, I'm going to turn to Jesus for some help. So we got to repent. And then we got to, what's the second part of the gospel? To be buried. How are we going to bury? We can get shovels. We can go out and bury each other. Uh, that won't do very good uh, because we'll all be underneath. And uh, who's going to bury the last person, right? So we can't be buried, uh, physically buried in a tomb because, again, that's the end of it for us. Uh, but Romans talks about, know ye not, Romans 6 and 3, that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. And so as Christ was raised from the dead... Even so, we should walk in the newness of life. So that's how we uh, obey the, the gospel by death and, and burial is we got to get baptized uh, in Jesus' name. And so Ephesians tells us that there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And so we need to get baptized the way that uh, the Bible teaches us to get baptized. And another popular verse of scripture is Matthew 28 19 it says go ye therefore teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son and of the Holy Ghost amen so the that's what Jesus is telling his disciples to do to go baptize people because again we need to obey the gospel but the the thing is here is the name of the Father Son Holy Ghost uh, that is not a name right I'm a father I'm a son, I'm an uncle, I'm a brother, but that's not my name. There's a name that ties all of that together, uh, and that, that name is Phil. That's me. So the name of the Father, name of the Son, name of the Holy Ghost, there's got to be a name that ties all that together, and that is the name of Jesus, right? And so that's why the apostles baptized people in the name of Jesus, right? I can, I can write you a check today. If you still accept checks, I can write you a check for $25,000. And there's a line at the bottom that says signature, right? And so if I put father, son, uncle down there, and you go take that to the bank, what are they going to do? They're going to say, that's not father, son, uncle. That's not a, that's not, who's, who is that? That's not, doesn't align with the name at the top of the check. And so uh, there's all kinds of titles out there, but there's power in a single name. Once you put your name down there, there's power in that. And so if you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, that is something that Jesus wants you to do. Or if you've been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, we're glad that you did that. But also uh, we want to baptize you calling on that name. Right? We need to speak that name because without speaking the name of Jesus, there's no power, right? Amen. And so we, we uh, invite you to do that today as part of your faith today is to get baptized if you not have not been baptized. I'm telling you, once you get baptized, things really get to change for the better in your life. You really begin to see God show up in your life because you are taking another step of faith. 
taking that step closer to him, showing him, Jesus, that you really want uh, him in your life. And then after that, the death, burial, resurrection, repentance, baptism. How do we experience the resurrection? Uh, and we, we experience that through receiving his spirit. Uh, Romans 8 and 11 says, But if the spirit of him that raised up Christ, uh, or the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. And so to obey the resurrection of the gospel, we need the spirit of God. This is such a critical moment in your walk with God because without the Spirit of God, the Bible says we are not of His. Without the Spirit inside of us, we don't have the power inside of us. What we felt here today in the worship service, we feel maybe a little bit of goosebumps on your body or your back or your neck. That's the Spirit of God moving in this place. That's how we know God is real. That's how we know that He has something for you is because we can actually feel his power and his presence moving amongst us. But what he wants us to do is he wants that spirit inside of us. Amen. And so thankfully, this, since this is one of the most critical parts of our walk with God, because if you think about it, as the scripture said, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he can raise you up. And so if you don't have the spirit, then you're still kind of buried, right? You don't, you're not raised up to the new life because it's only his spirit that gives us a new life. Uh, and so uh, if this is such an important part, as Jesus said, you must be born of the water and of the spirit, right, to get into the kingdom of heaven. Uh, how do we know that we're born of the water? Well, we got wet. We got baptized, right? That's easy to tell. Right? Thank God for that. But how do we know that we are born of the Spirit? How do we know we received His Spirit? Because that is a critical part. Uh, thankfully, Jesus tells us how it is that we know that we received His Spirit. John 3 and 8. Again, John 3 and 8. We're not to 316 yet. We're still at verse 8. Uh, and so it says, The wind bloweth where it listeth. And thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it cometh or whether it goeth. And so, during the, the hurricane, Ian, how many heard the wind blowing? You can hear, so there's a sound comes when the wind really begins to blow. You can actually hear something invisible. Because wind is invisible. You can feel it. You can't see it. But you can hear the sound thereof. And so, Jesus says... Uh, you're going to hear a sound when the wind is blowing. It says, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So everyone that is born of the Spirit, you're going to hear a sound. Uh, and so we need to, I, I want to make sure I hear that sound in my life, right? That way I can experience what God has for me. Man, musicians, if you would come. And so uh, we begin to see that everyone that is born of the Spirit, you're going to hear a sound. Acts chapter 2, uh, it says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Again, this is just lining right up with what Jesus just said, right? About the wind blowing, and you're going to hear a sound. And so here this group of people, believers, 
were there in the upper room, and there suddenly a, a, a sound from heaven came as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they are all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. And so how do we know that they were filled with the Spirit of God? Is because they began to say something. Something, their, a noise began to come out of their mouth. They began to speak something. They didn't know what they were saying. It was, the Bible calls it other tongues. Uh, and so as the Spirit gave them the utterance. And so... There's an example right there of when the, the Spirit of God comes into somebody's life, they hear something, not just the, the sound of, of the wind, but also they begin to speak something. Uh, and we have other examples of this as well, of people believing and causing them to receive the Holy Ghost and also causing them to uh, be baptized. In Acts chapter 10, it says, While Peter yet spake these words... The Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as as many came with Peter that because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now how did these people, how did this crowd know that this crowd over here got the Holy Ghost? How did they know that the Spirit of God just came and filled them all? The Bible says... Verse, the next verse, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So they, they heard a sound where these people got the, the Holy Ghost, and they were amazed how those people got the Holy Ghost just like we got the Holy Ghost. How did we know that? Because we heard a sound. We heard them start to say things just like we began to say, speak in other tongues. Uh, and so, and then what happens in verse 47? Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And so they received one part, the Spirit, born of the Spirit. And so now all of a sudden they say, hey, they were born of the Spirit. They also need to be born of the water, right? Because that's what Jesus said, born of the water. And so what happens? Uh, and so then they were to get baptized. Uh, and so... Uh, what does it mean to really believe in Jesus? It, it means that we have to be born of the water and of the, the Spirit. It means that we got to turn from our life. we got to turn to Him and be obedient to His Word. Whatever He says to do, we should desire to do that because our faith is leading us down that path. Another example, if you stand with me today, Acts chapter 19, it says, Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that we should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. It doesn't say they were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It says baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus because we know that Jesus is that name, right? And so, and when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. So another example, the Holy Ghost coming down onto somebody, and they begin to hear something, uh, speaking in other tongues, another language. And so that experience of, of our faith in Him leads people to living out these scriptures. 
that these are not just some Bible stories for, that happened long ago that we just casually sit back by in the lazy boy and read about, oh, that was what, a, what an amazing time. No, the Word of God also applies to you and applies to me. Uh, the baptism in Jesus' name applies to you and applies to me. Receiving the Holy Ghost applies to you and to me. And so our, what does it really mean to believe in Jesus? It means, Jesus, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. Whatever you say I need to do, I'm going to step out in faith and believe that that is possible to me. We see in Acts chapter 2. 2 and verse 38 says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, to your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And so this call goes out to everyone who believes, who wants to believe, who wants to exercise their faith and, and and say, God, whatever it is that you have for me, I want to take a step of faith and believe in the doing that. Because if we really believe in him, it's going to cause us to do something. There's, oh, I think about every example in the Bible where Jesus goes into a city. And people hear about Jesus coming. And they could say... Well, I believe he's, I believe this Jesus is here. And they can stay in their house and just like, wow, Jesus is in town. But it seems like the people who really needed something from God, they really needed a touch. They said, Jesus is here. I'm going to go to him. My faith in him is going to lead me to do something. Uh, you're going to see my faith through my actions. There's a, a woman, the Bible talks about a woman with the issue of blood who, who, who tried everything. She spent her life savings going to all the best doctors and the greatest health care that they had. And she, they, they took all her money just like it takes all of our money too. So we, we, we're lined up with the Bible just in many ways. But uh, she believed that if I can just get close to Jesus... I believe that he's going to heal me. Now, her faith in him, uh, her faith in Jesus, she could have said, I believe he's going to heal me, and she could have stayed in her house, right? I'll just see him from afar off, and I believe he can do that. Well, her faith really caused her to do something, to step out and, and, and go find him. And the Bible says she reached up and she grabbed the hold of the hem of his garment, and healing virtue flowed through her, and she was a miraculously healed of her situation. I'll tell you what, if you believe that Jesus can touch you, you're going to reach out for him, right? If you believe that Jesus can heal you of, of any kind of sickness, you're going to reach out and you're going to say, God, come and touch me. God, I need something from you today. And let me tell you, the faith that is here today, I believe Jesus can heal somebody here today. But it's going to take you stepping out in faith and say, yes, I, Lord, I believe. I believe you're going to do something today. And so I want to open up these altars today to everybody, all of us, that if you want something, if you need something in your life, if you want to give Jesus a try today, maybe you've tried everything else, but have you tried Jesus? 
I, I believe that if you step out today in faith and say, God, I, I need your help today. And if you come down to the front, we're all going to pray together because we all need a touch from him. Nobody's better than the other person. We're all in the same boat. We all need a touch from Jesus today. Uh, some of you, maybe you got a headache and you say, hey, I want to see if God can heal me of a headache. I believe that with that faith, Jesus can touch you today. Or if you got a, a disease in your life, the Bible talks about Jesus healing all kinds of diseases it just comes down to do you have the faith to say Jesus uh, can you touch me today can you touch my body I believe with a with a prayer of faith with people here believing uh, that Jesus can heal you of your sickness has anybody been healed by Jesus I have been healed a miraculous healing from God Jesus healed and touched my physical body and so you see all these people that have been healed if you need a healing today, why don't you just step out and say, God, I'm going to try. I'm going to come down and just start praying, Jesus, I need you in your life, in my life. And let's see what God can do in your situation. Maybe you don't need a, maybe you don't need a physical touch. But maybe you're just in a hard situation. You're just stuck in a situation. And you, you, you want to see you've tried everything. You've tried all these options and you're just still kind of stuck. Well, I'm here to tell you that there's still another option to try, and that is Jesus. Jesus wants to bring you out of your situation. He can do that. He has the power to do that. And so maybe you want to come down and say, God, uh, I, I, wanted, I, I want you to do something in my life this week that I know it's going to be from you that a, a door, uh, I need a door opened in my life, or I need an answer that nobody else can give, but if you're really real out there, I'm going to come down and say, God, I'm, I'm going to exercise what little faith that I have and say, Jesus, uh, you know my situation. Will you do something in my life this week that I know that you are real? Some people may not really under, know if Jesus is real yet, and that's okay. But what it takes is for just a little, a little step and say, I'm going to try Jesus today. And so, again, whatever your situation is, maybe you need a, a, a financial touch. You need something to, to turn around in your life. Jesus can ha has the power to touch all of that. Uh, if you haven't been baptized, why don't you give that a try today, too? And so, again, I want to open up these altars. If you want to come down, uh, if you have something in your life, we're all going to come and pray together. We don't need to single anybody out. But if you have something in your life, why don't you come and step down and come down and pray with us down here at the front? Oh, if you need a healing, just come down here and just begin to pray. We're going to pray for a healing. We're going to pray for deliverance. If you just need God to give you a touch in your situation, why don't you come out and come down and try Jesus today? We're going to pray together. We're going to begin to worship. The power of God is going to move in this place. Amen. And His Spirit's going to move all over us. And so if you need Him, all it takes is the raising up your hands. Can we just all close our eyes together? Can we all close our eyes and just raise our hands and begin to cry out to Him? And then begin to talk to Jesus. It's just you and Him today. Let Him know what it is your need, your situation. God, I need you to touch my family. God, I need you to touch in my body. Lord, I believe I heard about you healing people here today. I need a healing. I need a touch today. Come on, let's begin to pray. Let's begin to let our voices lifted up. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's all pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, forgive me, God. Lord, I'm sorry for anything that I've done. 
Help me turn my life around, God. We're going to come to you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Let's begin to pray with one another. Is it okay if we pray with you? That somebody else will begin to believe as well. Hallelujah. Let's ask somebody. Turn to them and say, what is it that can I, can, I can pray with you about? And we're going to believe together. We're two or three agree. Jesus is here. Hallelujah. Come on, saints. Let's begin to minister to those. Let's begin to ask, is there something I can pray with you about? Because Jesus is here. We're going to give Jesus a try. Let the power of God 